Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy is real. Sort of. Hi, welcome to Belated Binge Sons of Anarchy. I'm Zach, your host, revisiting some of the most iconic series in recent memory that I nearly missed, like Sons of Anarchy, and today is our first topic episode on the main feed. Jax Teller is real. Let's do it. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we get into it, shout out to the Patreon bonus bonus binge squad. Bonus binge squad! Alex and Katie, more on that later. I tease this episode with the whole, like, Jax Teller is real, right? Which we know isn't actually true. Jax Teller is a fictional character named after the child of the creator, showrunner, and actor who plays Otto, Kurt Sutter, and the actress who played Gemma, Katie Seagal. They're married. They have a son named Jackson. That was the name inspiration for the character on the show. Ta-da! Jax is real. No, that, that end of the episode. No, that, that's not what we're doing. Um, but the show itself, inspired by Hamlet. Many, I believe even Sutter himself, uh, has said it's Hamlet on motorcycles. Very fictional. Very fictional. But the Sons of Anarchy Motorcycle Club is inspired by real-world one-percenter motorcycle clubs. Prominently the Hells Angels. Sonny Barger, who I'm pretty sure I have all of this right in my head. Um, If not, I apologize. No offense meant in any way. But I'm pretty sure that he was the um, Oakland chapter for the Hells Angels founding president. I think. Um, What I know that he was, was um, the, like, biggest... Uh, Hell's Angel that we recognize and that we know, um, and that he was a consultant for Kurt Sutter for the show. He played Lenny the Pimp, uh, who was a club member who was incarcerated like Otto. And I think, I think that it's a fair bet that Sonny Barger, or Sonny Barger, to be honest with you, I've heard it pronounced both ways, from a different sources that I think are fairly reputable. Um, so I'm going to go with Barger because it rolls off my tongue a little bit easier. But I would say that he's the reason that you have ever heard of the Hells Angels in the first place. He was the face of that like organization that brought them into like mainstream back in whatever the seventies or whatever it was, you know, movies were made hugely relevant in pop culture. He essentially turned the hell's angels into like a brand. Um, he, he, he made them like synonymous with like America (laughs) essentially. Um, and he's not the only one. Uh, the actor who played Happy, uh, David, Lever- David Lavrava, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, he was a Hells Angel and was a key advisor on the show. Uh, my understanding in just like kind of hearing about the show is that he was kind of like the culture regulator on the show. He was the one that made sure that 
the club stuff that they did on the show would come across feeling authentic. Um, and there were, he wasn't the only like, uh, hell's angel on the show either. Like the, uh, those two, I guess, weren't the only ones there were supporting cast members, uh, a couple that we haven't met yet at this point in our rewatch, uh, but that are coming up a couple of, uh, Sam Crow members, that are coming uh, were were Hell's Angels members. Um, I've also recently learned, like literally, as the time I'm recording this, it was like two days ago, uh, or maybe a day. Ago. I don't know. Time has no meaning. Uh, but I was listening to the audiobook of um, of uh, Charles Falco, who did who um, was a like a CIA an, an informant who infiltrated the the Vagos. Uh, a, for a minute in the Mongols and in the outlaws. Uh, and there was a, there's a book about it. They also did a TV show, um, about it, uh, based on the book. Um, he mentioned in the book that he recognized and learned that there were like a lot of extras in the sons of anarchy show that were part of the Vagos, uh, motorcycle club, probably other clubs. I'm guessing, I'm guessing not the outlaws though. That joke's only going to make sense to a couple people that are listening or, or potentially watching this, but maybe a few more will get it later in this episode. Um, all that being said, Sons of Anarchy is fake, right? It's fiction. It's not a biography. It's not a documentary. It's a dramatized, sensationalized, like Hollywood depiction meant for entertainment purposes only. But it is rooted in reality. And Jack's Teller is no different. There's two interesting things that I've learned pretty recently about the character of Jack's Teller that I thought would make a fun topic episode for the podcast. And that when considering them together, you might come away feeling like Jack's Teller is actually real. The first came from an interview that Charlie Hunnam did with the Huffington Post way back in 2015. He talked about what it was like playing Jax, um, you know, what it was like coming off of playing Jax and all that stuff, because in 2015, he had just come, like the series had just wrapped, so it was past tense for him. Uh, and he was kind of recent off of, he'd been through the whole journey, I guess you could say. Um, so they talked about that in the interview that he did. And in that interview, he also shared something about his preparation to play the character. Apparently, back before they started shooting the pilot, Charlie Hunnam was granted permission to spend some time hanging around what he described as a prominent club with a presence in Oakland. Remember what I said before about Sonny Barger? Oakland Chapter, Hells Angels, involved in the making of Sons of Anarchy. I'm not saying anything, but might be a connection there. During this time that Charlie was researching and getting like a taste for club life, he spent a lot of time around one young man in particular. And apparently they got pretty close. Charlie himself described the, I'm going to call him a kid, of being Jack's teller. His father was a patch member. He'd been around it his entire life. He was the heir apparent, a 
according to Charlie. And in the article, he depicted how much he, like, fascinated this kid. He called him an old-school outlaw cowboy. He paints this picture of, like, a modern-day gunslinger, like the quintessential outlaw. And he, Charlie seemed to just, like, admire the, the charisma, his attitude, his presence, just everything about him. And he, got, he took a lot away from that. And apparently, the week after Charlie left, that young man was killed. He was 22. Charlie Hunnam uh, has, had gotten a, a necklace of his, and apparently he still keeps it as like a, a memorial to that kid. The kid who Charlie based everything he did as Jack's teller on. He, he said this. The jeans he wore. The shoes he wore. The attitude. Charlie Hunnam was pretending to be this young biker that he knew and had gotten to know. The real Jax Teller. I found that story fascinating. Because you understand that actors who who play roles, they're not those people, right? Like, they have to do research. They have to take inspiration from other people when deciding how they're going to, like, how they're going to act. They're actors. They're acting. They have to make decisions and choices of how they're going to act as the character that they're bringing to life. And Charlie Hunnam chose to base his character on a real person that he spent time with. The real Jax Teller. Just thought that was pretty cool. The second story that I heard came from the original Gangsters podcast. That's where I heard it. In an episode that they did back in December or January, that time frame, wintertime, um, they were recapping some of the latest um, news and storylines coming out of the outlaw biker world. They're a, they're like a true crime podcast, I guess. Uh, they're they're like crime reporters or professors. One of them one of them I think like teaches criminology, and I think the other one's like a crime reporter kind of a thing. Uh, it's an inter- it's an interesting show. They do a lot on on like organized crime and mob bosses. And also, they have quite a few episodes of, about outlaw motorcycle uh, clubs. Those are obviously the episodes that I find the most interesting. Obviously. Well, maybe not obviously, but like, it's a podcast about a TV show depicting a motorcycle club. What do you think I'm gravitating towards? Anyway, the final update that they talked about in this particular podcast episode was a story about a man that they said many call the real life Jax Teller. Again, I'm, I'm going to, this one, I'm definitely going to put a disclaimer on here and I'm going to do it now. I'm not a true crime podcast. I'm not a crime reporter. I'm not an investigative journalist. I have no sourcing. I have no knowledge. I have nothing, nothing about this is like first-hand knowledge for me I heard about it on this podcast and I read a couple of short articles that I just cross-referenced to kind of make sure that it was real but what I heard and what I read is that Jojo Noe or Jojo No 
It's it's spelled N O E, and I don't know how to pronounce it, and neither did the guys on the podcast. Um, and it's in the articles that I read. I was reading it, so I I don't know here. Um, but let's just let's just make it all rhyme and call him JoJo. No, or just call him JoJo. He's a member of the Outlaws Motorcycle Club, located on the east coast of the country. Stop me if any of this sounds familiar. He's a pretty young man. He's about, he's around 30 right now if my math is mathing. He has long blonde hair. He is a legacy member of the Outlaw Motorcycle Club. His dad is a president of a chapter on the East Coast. And Jojo has recently been put into a position of expanding the club's presence into a new town out on the east coast leading to the opening of a new chapter that they're putting out there any 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 bells being rung for you at all here (laughs) um at least that's what he was doing anyways at the time of the altercation in which this story was actually about I'm going to kind of go backwards, uh, but in September of 2022, Jojo was found not guilty on murder charges from an incident two years prior to that. In September of 2019, Jojo had gone to a, a known like biker hangout with his uncle and his fiance. The bar or restaurant, like whatever this place is, uh, I'm not familiar with it. I don't even know what it was called. Uh, has what they call a no colors policy so basically what that means if you're if you haven't like gathered uh, all of the slang from the from the sons of anarchy show or anything like that but uh but colors is the like the the patch um insignia for the clubs so he was in this establishment that has a no colors policy without his cut on from my understanding in the in the way that it was described on this podcast, he was essentially just grabbing a drink, maybe grabbing some food with his fiance and his uncle at this place that a lot of bikers hung out. According to the accounts described on the podcast, while they were inside, there were other motorcycle club members who knew that they were in there. And that club was the Sidewinders, apparently and i guess that's a support club for the hell's angels i think is if i'm piecing all of this together in that area um and the outlaws and the hell's angels have been feuding for decades it's gotten very very ugly at times uh and i guess if you're you know a hell's angels support club you see a big you know a, a leader of an outlaw um an outlaw club you know member at a place there's opportunity there for things to not go well. And according to what was described from the surveillance tapes in the parking lot, again, I've not seen these tapes. I am just saying how it was, what, how the scene was described by this other podcast. Um, the other clubs started to, like members of the other clubs started making some like phone calls in the parking lot and started like gearing up for something outside while Jojo and his family were inside. And when they came out to leave, uh, some, some 
uh, either one or a couple of the club members that were out there like confronted them. But it sounds like it uh, it all like it didn't get it didn't get out of hand or anything. It was kind of just uh, all it really did was like stall Jojo and his uncle and his fiance from getting to their bikes and leaving, which seems to be the goal. Uh, because I guess when they got on their bikes to leave, that's when a whole bunch of other bikes showed up at the um, at the restaurant. Uh, presumably, what those phone calls were all about. Um, and with what was described as like you know I don't know twenty to twenty five like club members, they boxed JoJo and his family in. And it's, they, they essentially just jumped them there in the parking lot. And again, how it was described is when one of these uh, Sidewinder club members, or I, well, I don't know necessarily if it was all Sidewinders or if maybe this was an, a, like another guy from a different club or anything like that, but somebody swung, I guess, a hammer at JoJo's fiance. And that's when Jojo pulled out his handgun, um, which he was apparently carrying legally uh, with a permit. And they, you know, kind of like got away from Jojo and his fiance. And they turned their, like everybody turned their attention to the uncle. And the uncle was, you know, he was already, he was already teamed up on. um, And I guess had to go to the hospital with like a cracked skull and stuff like that. But um, at the point where uh, there was a member of the Sidewinders who had some sort of a of a of an object, I think they said something like a pipe. So not like a baseball bat, but like kind of some sort of like pipe shaped object. Again, it's surveillance tapes that they were describing, so it's kind of hard to. Uh, those things aren't exactly HD, I don't think. <laughs> uh, and again, I didn't see them. But apparently, just as somebody was like swinging or getting ready to swing this pipe like at his uncle's head, Jojo shot him in like the back of the head twice and killed him. I guess in the um, I mean, the, he was obviously it took like two years to get to decision time of, in the courts. But I guess the jury didn't take very long to come to the conclusion that Jojo acted in self-defense. There are certainly questions that people could ask why he was uh, charged the way he was because they went for like first degree and second degree murder charges and, and stuff like this. I don't know. I'm not here to litigate. I barely understand any of the legal parts (laughs) at all, but, um, even one of the even one of the short articles that I read described or, or like um, had like a, a a a quote in there that said like like a scene out of Sons of Anarchy, and I'm I'm just sharing this because one, this guy literally described or was described as the real life Jax Teller, has like a lot of parallels to Jax on the show. Even some, I mean, granted, I've seen pictures of a guy. He's no Charlie Hunnam, but you can see where a 
resemblance would, <laughs> would could be made between the two characters. Uh, he's an actual outlaw biker, and Charlie Hunnam is an actor. So, you know, is what it is. But uh, I also find it ironic that he's an outlaw. And there were a lot of Hell's Angels uh, influences in how the Sons of Anarchy uh, made its decisions for the how the club was depicted. I'm not going to sit here and say that um, or try to insinuate that the Sons of Anarchy was uh, based on, quote unquote, the Hells Angels. But I think there was uh, I think there were a lot of inspirations taken from the Hells Angels and a lot of input based on how many Hells Angels were involved uh, in the making of Sons of Anarchy and the outlaws have been at odds for literally decades. Uh, but this guy is part of the outlaws and he's kind of like been described as the real life Jack Teller. Just to me, that's uh, irony. Um, but the other reason that I'm just sharing this because it does, it does sound like a scene straight out of Sons of Anarchy. Many of the criticisms from the show come from how unrealistic people say that it is. Jax's shoes, the amount of violence. It's definitely dramatized. It's definitely sensationalized. But this stuff actually happens. Like in real life, the things that happen on that show are actually happening in the real world in, in various you know, club activities, um, that you, that you learn about, um, if you, if you spend any time just absorbing, uh, absorbing media and stories surrounding that, that subculture. Uh, and if you love the show, as I assume that you do, if you're listening, uh, or watching this and you haven't done it yet, I would recommend exploring podcasts or YouTube videos, even like books and TV shows. Um, there's some really fascinating people who have shared their experiences from being a part of 1% clubs, uh, notably the Hells Angels who are so ingrained in the making of Sons of Anarchy. Um, a few names that, that at least I'm familiar with and have, uh, and have learned a little bit about in doing this is um, like George Christie, who was a chapter president and a leader for the Hells Angels during the same time frame that um, that Sonny Barger was like the the main um, club president. Uh, from my understanding of just absorbing this stuff, they were kind of like the two most prominent names for a time in the U.S. Uh, for that club. Uh, Mel Chancy is another former Hells Angels club president that's done um, some some really high profile interviews. Uh, and, and talked about his experiences. There's, um, there's stuff from some of those undercover operations that I, uh, like the, the one I mentioned earlier, the, the Charles Falco, uh, there's the Jay Dobbins uh, infiltration story. Um, there's been like TV shows made about, you know, some of that stuff. It's just, it's really fascinating. Uh, it's really fascinating stuff. And, and actually I, I just heard one again at, at the time of recording this, I just heard one, uh, I listened to some of it last night and some of it today. A guy, a guy who goes by Mooch, has a YouTube channel, um, but uh, talks about his life and and some of his experiences as a as a Mongol. Um, just there's just some really interesting stuff out there, um, and it does 
in some ways it it does sort of make it sound like it's um like it's glorifying the um you know the 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 biker wars the the grenades the car bombs the drive-bys freeway shootouts different brawls that they were in not to mention you know the quote-unquote normal club stuff with like fighting for entertainment drugs parties how they interact with women law enforcement like it it is the stories are are crazy um that you hear and and i don't want to sit here and say that that's what motorcycle clubs are because i also i also don't believe that to be true but i do believe that it happens you know what i mean like i think there's a world that we live in where that a lot of that stuff is real and uh, and, and and has taken place while there's also a lot of motorcycle clubs that are not breaking the law in like any way except for maybe speeding tickets like um the two the two can both be true at the same time and while and while sons of anarchy jacks teller that's all fictional it's a fictional show a fictional character but it has roots in reality that's just kind of fascinating i hope you enjoyed this episode go ahead and like subscribe follow do all of those things um check out patreon for bonus episodes some other cool stuff that I do over there. Um, there's a free Facebook group. There's links to social media and everything in the show notes. You can also get there from the website belatedbinge.com. Remember, life is short. Buy the motorcycle. When you do, wear a helmet. Dress for the slide, not the ride, and make sure to take belated binge along for the ride.